Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Tuesday, April 9th. We are flying through. Yeah, this is going by real fast. The, uh, the, 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 the NFL offseason. Trying to enjoy some playoff basketball and hockey this week. I oh, would think. Yeah, extra lit about hockey for me. Yeah. And you're extra lit about basketball. Yeah. But uh, we're both extra lit about the NFL draft coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's three, two, two weeks away. I don't even know anymore. Two weeks away. Uh, I, I think. think it's the end of April. So. My watch isn't even working to tell me when <laughs> that is. Um, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon right across from me. What's up? Uh, and welcome to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Uh, we got our last episode of All the Glitters coming at you. Pretty sad. Today, tonight, wherever you're listening. Uh, yeah, end of an era. <laughs> uh, it only took us six weeks. Uh, we're going to break down the top five to ten finishers from the tight end position and discuss if they were truly good or what a flash in the pan. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, Instagram at the Fantasy Champions, and go to Facebook.com slash the Fantasy Champions to like us on Facebook. Facebook, the, the community is very small. You should probably go like us on Facebook if you even use Facebook anymore. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know if you do because it's Facebook. But... Um, subscribe wherever you listen, Apple we... Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, wherever, wherever. And uh, we're also on YouTube. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. We also just low-key dissed uh, everybody who uses Facebook. So Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Any, anyone who's using Facebook right now on a regular basis probably doesn't listen to our podcast. Well, you use Facebook on a regular basis, don't you? I actually don't. Okay. I actually don't. Don't judge me. Twitter's, Twitter's my mainstay. Yeah. That's where I go. That's fair. That's where I go for all my information. Uh, there is no news this week. Absolutely no news betwi- uh, besides... Some drama. Some drama between uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. So we're going to start off with a little question that I formulated before the show. Um, So to get you caught up in case you don't know and you're not using Twitter. And you're on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Antonio Brown tweeted uh, some pretty nasty stuff. Go look it up. I'm not going to repeat it. About Juju. And then Juju responded. So they've been going back and forth. So this begs the question, who's going to finish with more fantasy points next season? This one hurts for me to answer because it's hard. I actually think they're both going to be around the same. But if I have to pick one, I think I'm just going to go Juju. I think. um, Oh, boy. Do you have a different answer than me? I don't know yet. Okay, so you're still thinking about it, too. I think (laughs) it can go either way, though, because I think they're both kind of in the same same area of guys like low end art. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the mock draft right now. For half PPR, ten teams current mock draft. Yeah, it's very early, but still, Juju's going going 16th overall. Antonio Brown's going 17th overall. Gross. They're literally neck and neck. I'm going Juju as of today. Um, it might change my answer once I see Antonio Brown working with the Raiders. I think that could be a big thing. Yeah. But as of right now, I just think the opportunity that Juju's going to get next year is going to be through the roof. And the Steelers throw the ball a lot. Like, a lot. Yeah. So, but again, you can't go wrong with either guy, I don't think. <laughs> so, uh, there are some in the fantasy community uh, that would believe that Juju is going to be the top receiver. Uh, in fantasy football next year? Like the top? The top. He's got that kind of upside. I don't believe that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I he does have that upside. So the Steelers have a lot of... I should probably answer the question, but the Steelers, <laughs> the Steelers have a lot of turnaround when it comes to players. They, ju- they just... I mean, they didn't have Le'Veon Bell all of last season, but the Le'Veon Bell situation is over, so he's gone. James Conner was pretty good. Juju's by himself now, and I'm not one to. I love Juju, like I love Juju Smith-Schuster. I want him to be. Yeah, he was he was your guy when he came yeah. into the league last year, right? And yeah, yeah, definitely. And I want him to succeed, obviously, but he's by himself. 
He doesn't have Antonio Brown. Now, yes, you can cite numbers when A.B. wasn't in the game. You can do all of that stuff, right? But A.B. is literally not on the Steelers anymore. People are going to game plan starting week one of the preseason as if Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is my concern for him. And if Juju responds well, like he did in those games A.B. wasn't in in them, and, and he plays strong then you're going to get good juju. But if that's not what happens, then, you know, he's going to end teams up being, gonna, he's going to get cru- he's, he's going to crush teams because you're going to draft him far too early and you're going to get a guy who doesn't produce. Now, cuz everyone cites the Steelers throw a lot. Well, are the Steelers going to continue throwing as much as they normally do with a 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who's probably on very, his last season? Very valid question. I don't know. This leads me to my point. Now, Antonio Brown is going to get a lot less targets. So this discussion is not necessarily about Antonio Brown being the same player that he was. But I do believe Antonio Brown, and I this is so hard for me to say. I okay. can't even. I I don't. I'm, I I could be very very wrong about this, and I will I will come on this podcast and I will admit it to all of you if I'm wrong. You can mock me on a, a mock me on Twitter about it. But I personally believe AB will probably get more fantasy points than Juju. I don't it, know how many that's going to be. That's not why. Like that's not a Skip Bayless hot take. <laughs> Or Max Kellerman hot take. Like Some that's, people would feel like it is. I don't think so. I mean, I, they're, I, I think they're both very close. I just picked Juju because I think the upside is higher. And I think there's a chance that Antonio Brown really just fails in Oakland. And that whole situation is just awful. Yeah. I think there's a very good possibility of that happening. Yeah. Um, But no, I don't think you're like crazy or anything <laughs> for saying that. Um, some people would think I'm crazy. Uh, people really like Juju right now. This is one of those interesting times of year um, where coaches, everyone is good. This is what I'm realizing. Like, everyone is good. Like, you look at everyone and they're like, oh, good situation here, good situation there. The coaches are like, oh, everyone (laughs) showed up. This guy looks good. We're going to use him this year. Yeah. And then Jordan Howard gets traded after they said they were going to use him. You know what I mean? Like, that's – it's just a weird time of year. But you start scouting players, and because there's such a long stretch of time between, you know, (laughs) Super Bowl and preseason or or even training camp, you're not seeing football. So it's like you're kind of just using your memory and – the news that you're getting about certain guys. Yeah. Like people are just assuming Derrick Henry is going to return to that five game beast mode that he was at the end of the season last year. And they're listening to the new offensive coordinator of the Titans say that they're going to feed them the ball and build the organization around Derrick Henry. Let's take a step back and see the other 11 games that he played and see that he blowed. <laughs> like we sucked in those games. I don't care if they were using him yeah. right or wrong. I get what that you is Derrick Henry. So it's like we need to remember the entire picture. Juju's a fantastic wide receiver. AB's a fantastic wide receiver. AB is going to make the Steelers better. You can't just say Wait, the Raiders. You mean? He's yeah. I'm sorry. He's going to make the Raiders better. You can't just say Antonio Brown is just going to bust. He's gonna. I think he's he gonna can. go. He's gonna go from being the number two wide receiver to the number thirty wide receiver. I think that's a, not going to happen. There actually is a possibility of that. Just because I don't think there's a possibility of that extreme. I think he could finish as the wide receiver eighteen or nineteen. Okay, I get, yeah, be, that's more real. Which would be but... a bust. But I don't like if he finished as the wide receiver thirty. I would be stunned. I think he's going to finish in the top 10. I do too. I'm, but I think the bust potential is there with Antonio Brown just because it's the Raiders, dude, and the locker room situation. Who, who Who's going to steal? I don't. The Steelers Nobody. were a disaster. Who's going to steal targets from? No one. Oh, well, who's the guy they just brought in from the Chargers? He might, but for the most part, <laughs> Tyrell no. Williams. You know who might steal targets is John Gruden from not throwing the football. <laughs> Like um, or or drafting like I think I think people are going to be surprised with how the Steelers I mean how the I keep saying the Steelers how the Raiders are going to use Antonio Brown I think people are going to be surprised I, it is a different situation and he's not going to get as many targets so I don't expect him to produce at that what is it the wide receiver one yeah like the best wide receiver the in best wide receiver in football or even a top five wide receiver but I still think he's talented enough to finish in the top ten. 
Like, if you think that he's not going to finish in the top. Now, Juju, where did he finish? Eight? Yeah. Somewhere around that. They're going to be close. But I don't know if Juju's going to take this quantitative leap forward that puts him in the A-B area. I mean, hey, I hope he does. He's a great value. Him and A-B are both great values in the second, third round. Because if they turn into something that good, it's going to be fantastic for your fantasy team. But for me, I can't look at... I, I don't know. I just I, I look at AB and Juju and like Juju has, the, you know, the all of the questions surrounding him. AB has all of the questions surrounding him. And it's like, which guy actually is going to be better? Because you can cite the numbers of saying, you know, Ben Big Ben's throws a lot. Well, is he going to throw a lot this year? Or is the is the culture shifting in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization from having, you know, the killer bees is what they call them, the big three, Big Ben. Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell. You got those three guys running the group. Now, two of them are gone. And then you have an old man at quarterback with two young kids. Are they going to play as good without you know the talent behind them? Uh, I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yep. I mean, it's a fair question. It's, it's hard it's, to It answer, is going to be close. It like is very hard. It's going to be very close. I do think there's a, there is a slight chance though of the Raiders just imploding, like everyone, not just Antonio Brown. <laughs> Raiders imploding. I think I think people judge the Raiders far too much. There's also a ch- I actually, with that being said, I, I actually do like the Raiders this year. I do like the Raiders. I I think their problem though will be they have the Chiefs and Chargers in their division, so I don't know if their oh, win yeah. total is going to be that high. But well, I mean they could beat everyone else and lose four games. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Do you think they'll finish higher than the Broncos? Just quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even a question. Okay, wow. Sorry, Broncos blow. What <laughs> even if they, with that defense? Joe Flacco is going to lead them the to defense? the Super Bowl. Yes. Well, the defense is getting older. They've run yeah, out of time. That's true. Bradley Chubb isn't. <laughs> Not older, just... Well, he is getting older, actually. <laughs> well, he got older, yes, but like... In, in a good in way. Cont- how good is Bradley Chubb, really? Oh, he's good. All right. We gotta move on. This is not a real football. <laughs> we talk fantasy on the show, people. We Are you talk fantasy. fantasy isn't real. Fa- fantasy is fantasy. Fantasy football. Fantasy it's real. Let's go. Let's go. All that glitters. So let's move into our main segment uh, where we discuss the top finishing tight ends from 2019. Uh, just preface this: the all statistics are half PPR. Uh, we discussed the realities of tight ends in 2018, and our goal is to help you look at last year's numbers, dissect them, and then tell you if the, the production will continue uh, and if you should draft them in 2019. Uh, so let's get into it. Tight ends are the bane of my existence. Yep. If I could you just hate them all. put tight ends in a box somewhere, Now that Gronk's going. I honestly considered switching our league from tight ends to tight end slash wide receiver. So if you feel like taking Travis Kelsey and stick him in that sticking him in that spot, feel free. It would be filled with a wide receiver nine times out of ten. Probably. Um I tight ends are so hard to predict. Now they they fall in the conversation of of the stream it's a streamable category, right? If you're quarterbacks, you can stream quarterbacks, you can stream defenses, you can stream kickers. Can't stream wide receivers and running backs. Don't try. No. Don't try to do that. You'll fail miserably. Um, and you can stream tight ends. Imagine someone trying to stream a running back. Yeah, no, that would <laughs> that, <laughs> for a full season. You're that desperate. <laughs> Just make a trade, boss. That's that's um. You don't you don't you don't need DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. On your I was gonna team. say make a trade. That's, that's everybody uh, last year who drafted Le'Veon Bell in the first round, and then Devontae Freeman in the second round. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I I look at tight ends and they they kind of. They're extremely hard to figure out, and unless you have one of the top three tight ends, you're going to get screwed. You're going to get porked. Yeah, and in the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> and the reality is, I noticed this in the leagues that I played. I played in six leagues. I won five of them. Which one did you not win? <sighs> I just want to. I just want to clear that. <laughs> not the one I run. Oh, okay, the one that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm never gonna let that go. You know, yeah, never, never. At least and that's okay because at least when, I didn't lose lose to you in the championship. When you do win, eventually, when you, do win eventually you get to you get eventually. to do the, you get to do the same thing. So I try. Look forward to it. 
Um, but anyway, so five out of six leagues I won. In those leagues, people who drafted tight ends higher succeeded less. Yeah. Um, and so if you were drafting Gronk or Kelsey or Ertz in the first five rounds. Gronk's a perfect example. Of Gronk is a perfect example. If you drafted Gronk high, would, I, he's not even on our list today because he finished 11. Um, he did miss three games, so he probably would have finished in the top 10 if he had played those three games. But regardless, if you drafted Gronk that early, I think it was, what, early which, second, late second was, round, yeah, early which, third? I mean, that is early, but I don't blame you for wanting to get Gronk, you know? Oh, yeah. But I think when you when you go out and you try to snack, people are going to draft Gronk in like the sixth or seventh round this year, even though he's retired, in hopes that he comes in and plays. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I do think so. People are stupid oh, like gosh. that. Don't draft Gronk, people. It's not worth it. Anyway, <laughs> people who draft Gronk stash him, and then he comes back week eight, <laughs> and then he dominates. Bet- the rest better of the stash year. than Kareem Hunt <laughs> <Yeah>. confirmed. <laughs> Yeah, don't draft uh, Rob Gronkowski. But if you draft a tight end early, the, the one thing that I like to look at is that you got to compare the value of each position. So what I like to do is say, okay, this is where the tight end is going, right? Yeah. Travis Kelsey. This is where he's, you know, he's he's projected to be in, you know, a twelve a twelve team draft, right? He's projected to go pick in the second round, pick two, you know, two two point oh two. That's where he's projected to go right now, according to. Uh, uh, what is it called? The fancy football calculator. Yep. Um, so that's where he's projected to go. So you take Travis Kelsey, you look at him, and then you look at the wide receivers around him, right? And you say, okay, what? Where is that wide receiver going? So, so if you know, say you have Stephen Diggs sitting right around that spot, that same area where Travis Kelsey is getting drafted. Look at the fantasy points of the number 11 wide receiver from last year and then look at the wide, the fantasy points for the number 1 tight end and figure out or no Kelsey's not going off the board it's guys like it's guys like um that AB's no I'm talking about wide receivers oh yeah yeah oh guys in the like, second round yeah AB and Juju yeah. the guys we were just talking about yeah guys we were just talking about and it's like so you're asking me what guy do you want AB or Juju or Travis Kelsey in that spot, you have to match the production. Yeah. To me, Travis Kelsey has a second-round pick, and Zach Ertz, who we will talk about in a second, both are not second-round picks. Yeah. Like, to really, me... If, really good players. Yeah. And considering every other tight end, they are clearly the two best. Oh, yeah, clearly. However, as you're the saying... value. If you're taking Travis Kelsey in the second round and you're passing up on a Juju, on an Antonio Brown you could be missing out on a lot of fantasy points because those guys, like let's say Juju hits that peak that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting like 60 fantasy points more than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Which is something, and and you know Travis Kelsey is, is going to be good next year. Right. So maybe that's the thought process, but you're still going to be missing out on a lot of points if you take oh, Kelsey yeah. or Ertz Yeah, early. 100%. And I think I think that those are the things though that you kind of have to look out for is should you be drafting that tight end in that spot? This is all pre-draft, like sitting down pre-draft and going, okay, this is the projection of where a guy like this would go. Mm-hmm. The wide receiver five is coming off the board early or you know midway through the second round in my ten-team league, right? He's coming off the board. The wide receiver five is coming off the board, and then you're looking at a tight end coming off the board like Travis Kelsey. Is the wide receiver five of last year, those numbers matching up with what Travis Kelsey produced? And it's not. I guarantee you it's not. So the value doesn't switch until like the fifth or sixth round. And you shouldn't even be drafting a tight end at that point because you're talking about being down the board at five, right? I mean, you're talking about the fifth or sixth tight end off the board this year is going to be Ebron or Cook. And it's like... Or not Cook, but Ebron and um, Evan Ingram or right now. OJ Howard or Evan Ingram. OJ Howard, yeah. And it's like those guys coming off the board super late. It just, it's not going to help your team in the long run to draft a tight end super early. So we are going to go over the tight ends, but the top ones, we're probably going to advise you not to take them. <laughs> just yeah. as a preface. Uh, but one thing that you want to do is that fantasy football and we'll talk about this probably in the future as we go through draft strategies and stuff you know throughout the off season uh is using the draft as a part of winning your championship not as the whole correct reality because people 
like to draft and then sit there and hope that that team that they drafted works out. Every single team that like unless I unless I do one of those and you know one of those NFL or ESPN managed leagues where oh, yeah. I just join a bunch of random people you, who don't care. You do a live draft lobby. <laughs> yeah. And you get on that team, and like I literally one one. I think I did a league on ESPN this year that was separate from the other six leagues that I did, and uh, and I just drafted just to draft left it, and, just yeah. to draft and left it alone. And then I went back like midway through the season, and I was freaking undefeated and all this stuff. And my strategy worked, but if you're in a league where people pay attention, you know it's going to be extremely hard to win games just based on the draft. So you need to take for you know take an account when you're drafting, not just saying, "Oh, this is the team I'm going to roll with the whole team the whole year." If you if you get to the late ends of the draft and you're like, "I don't have a tight end," try to trade for one later. It's easy as that. Like you know, some some idiot who porked himself <laughs> drafting Travis Kelsey in the second round is going to regret it. And if you have some valuable pieces that he needs, go after it. He or she needs. Go after Travis Kelsey. Go after Zach Ertz. Go after George Kittle. That's still on the table. Going in and drafting a tight end because at some yep. point, before the season, first couple weeks of the season, they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm glad I drafted the tight end. This is great. He's getting me a lot of fantasy <laughs> points." And then midway through the season, when they're, they're like, like, "Oh and three, and they're oh, like, "I don't have well, a wide receiver. Why didn't I draft a wide receiver?" Wait a minute, my <laughs> my RB two is uh is Dion Lewis. What the freak just <laughs> happened? Why am I losing? I can't figure it out because you didn't draft the wide receiver. Early. Now, I granted. I do want to take this with a grain of salt. Yep. Because I do love Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I love do, him I do too. Fantasy. We I just, both had Gronk and Travis Kelsey on yeah. fantasy team at one I point. just, drafting him in the second round is just too early. Drafting any tight it's end. It's far too early. Unless the tight end is literally historically good and like and as good, putting up the same numbers as Julio Jones and guys like that, it's not worth it. Yeah. Really isn't I? I try to avoid, like I said, there's certain positions that I try to avoid early because you, you tight end is is a hard it's a hard position because you can't really get quarterbacks you can get late quarterbacks you can just you can get a good quarterback late oh yeah you could get tight ends you can't correct so it's either get the top three or stream (laughs) and getting the top three early this is the way I look at it is the tight end position based on value you have running back as one wide receiver as two quarterback as three tight end is four and then i don't care which one you want to put five and six kicker or defense that's how i rank the positions saying okay if if tight end is the least valuable of the main positions it's not going to hurt you to have a bad tight end because everyone else Correct. is going to have a yep. bad tight end and the ones who do have a good tight end it's you, the yeah. difference of about six to seven fantasy points. Yeah, and it's like it's like when you play them, is Travis Kelsey going to beat you in a fantasy game? And I'm sure that's happening. In a week to week basis, he might. He might. But he overall, might throughout off. the entire season, he won't. He won't. So when you look at it, you have to continue to, you know, when you're drafting. I look like I said, the first five rounds are that structure. They're the they're the structure of your team. They're the core of your team. They're the guys that you may look down the road and say, you know what, I need to get more talent on my team because one of my players I drafted in the first five rounds got hurt, so i got to trade this guy away. It's like that's the core and the structure and the foundation of your team, and if you're drafting tight ends to be the foundation, (laughs) it's like building a house on sand (laughs) (laughs) that blows with the breeze. And and I I told you this before the show. Um, Last year, or the last two years, of tight end production, not including 2018, the highest finishing guy in half PPR was right around between 190 and 200 fantasy points. The top three guys in fantasy this year had 243, 222, and 214. So they all scored higher than the top finishing player over the last two or three years. So the the tight end position is getting thrown to a lot more, and I think we're going to see it expand a little bit. Yeah. But you go through these periods of fluctuation where you get you know a good tight end, and then you get like Gronk his seventeen touchdown year, uh, Jimmy Graham his fifteen sixteen touchdown year. Like you get Kelsey those guys. Last year. Yeah, like Kelsey last year. You get that every once in a while, but it just it comes once in a blue moon. And Kelsey is probably I would not be surprised if he did this again. Not two forty three, <laughs> but. Um, Let's talk about Travis Kelsey because we're here to talk about tight ends. 
Oh, yeah, that is true. Um, so Travis Kelsey finished with 243 fantasy points, the number one tight end. He was the number one tight end. Fantastic it season. It wasn't even close. His consistency rank, he finished as a number one. He busted 6.2% of the time. So that's one game, right? The one bust game was against the Chargers. Game one of the season where he had one fantasy point. Um, and then, you know, he averaged, I think, it, this was, it, everything about the Chiefs was interesting last year because I remember when we talked about uh, Tyreek Hill and we talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes in this series, we looked at it and we were like, the home road splits for the Kansas City Chiefs oh, were, yeah. you know, he got a lot less fantasy points at home than he did on the road. He had 12 at home and 17 on the road. So Travis Kelsey, fantastic player, not going to draft him. <laughs> not going to draft and pick 202. Like, I'm not doing that. Sorry. It's a waste of a draft selection. Well, you're not taking him 14th overall? Yeah, no. No, I'm not taking him 14th overall. Because he's going to go that high in some leagues. However, don't come to us and be like, you guys, you guys told us not to not to draft a tight end. So Travis Kelsey was there in the fourth round, and fi- or was there in the fifth round in my league, and I didn't draft. <laughs> and I drafted T.Y. Hilton instead. If Travis Kelsey but, falls to the fifth round, take him. Yeah. We're just saying don't take him yeah. in a second. Round. That's why, like I said, the value factor, though, is like, <laughs> right. like if you have a wide, by the time you get to the fifth round, you're probably on wide receiver 15 to 20. Yeah. And at that point, Travis Kelsey is outscoring those <laughs> Correct. guys. So take him in that round. You have to look at the value. Always be wise with the value. Um, he did only bust 6.25% of the time. I, is, yeah. I saw that, and I was like, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy so Last is year he insane. was. Um, he was really Fantastic. Good. He was really good. Um, overall, I, I I just don't I'm, I don't know if he can continue this type of production. He had a really good season, um, and usually tight ends coming off a really good season don't. Not that they don't continue historically, that yeah, they usually don't historically put up the same they season. don't put up the same numbers. Um, Travis Kelsey, I think three years in a row has finished as the number one tight end in fantasy football. Has he really? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I can oh, check. Well, actually, right that would make now. sense. Yeah. I was going to say Gronk one of those years, but Gronk's always injured. So <laughs> yeah. it would make sense. Though. Um, I was looking at the wrong numbers. I was like, why is, why does that not make sense? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gronk finished as the number one last year by 0.8 fantasy points. Uh, Travis Kelsey was two. And then Wait, what year is this? That was 2017. 2016, Kelsey okay. finished with 180. And then going back to 2015, uh, Travis Kelsey was 7 with 153. Um, and Gronk was 219. So he's so been in this, the top two the last yeah, three years. The last three years. So, I mean, for Travis Kelsey, I, don't, I can't see him, especially when you see this year, right? Either this is a trend of teams in the NFL throwing to their tight ends more. And it's about to blow up where you're going to see guys like, you know, I don't want to say Eric Ebron, but <laughs> you're going to see guys Trey like, Burton, you know, maybe David and Joku, Trey Burton, David and Joku, Vance some McDonald, more, yeah. some more guys. But then again, there's guys coming from the college ranks who don't throw to tight ends at all. So are we going to see a trend in the other direction? Because the old school coaches like Bill, you know, Bill hey, Belichick yep. and, um, Coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Eric. Wow. Eric. You called him Eric, bro. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. I was trying to say Eric Reid for some reason. Eric Reid. So anyway, Andy Reid. Those guys are two old school coaches, and they throw tight ends. That's what they do. Um, So to me, I I just don't know if we're going to continue to see that same production from tight ends, but as far as Travis Kelsey is concerned, 243 fantasy points is pretty I, yeah, good. Yeah, I don't, if he does, I don't think he'll do that again. But he, I, might, he might eclipse 200, but if you go back to 2017 and 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 that's what the production is on a year-to-year Here basis, is a key difference, though. He didn't have Mahomes. Yeah, that's true. He had Alex Smith as his But he still finished as a top receiver. Oh, yeah. No, I think he... Um, they're going to be forcing the ball. I don't know about 240, but I think he will definitely get over 200. Over 200, yeah. You definitely have to kind of factor that in when you're drafting. Um, I just kind of – I always look at tight ends as, like, basically your third wide receiver almost. Yeah, um, that is a good way of putting it. So that's the way I kind of look at him. And if you can get him as your third wide receiver, I mean, he's good. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not drafting him that early. I'm taking Travis Kelsey – off my board completely, and I'm looking to target him in in Trade. trades and in, in situations like that because you can get burnt on drafting tight ends way too early. 
Um, so I do really, I really like Travis Kelsey, but drafting him that early is just way too, yeah, way too much. Um, number two on our list, Zach Ertz. This guy has been good for a few years now. Um, he is basically he's the, Carson Wentz's boy. Carson Carson Wentz's boy. Every time Carson Wentz steps on that field, the guy gets like twenty points a game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, but Zach Ertz he had two hundred and twenty-two fantasy points. He averaged about 14 points per game, and his consistency rank was three. He did bust 25% of the time, but that's because uh, the 25% of the time Nick Foles was playing. <laughs> right, yep. Um, this was an interesting statistic that I pulled from this. Uh, if you uh, have Zach Ertz on your team, I wish Zach Ertz was more of a streamable asset, but he's not. Uh, he had 18 fantasy points on average at home and eight on the road. That is interesting. A 10-point difference. He looked like an average tight end in the NFL on the road. And at home, he looked like... Best tight end in the league. Best tight end in the league. So that's an interesting split right there. And if you have Zach Ertz on your team, you might want to take that into consideration. Streaming tight ends is the most difficult thing on the planet. But Zach Ertz... I mean, I wish he was more of a sure thing. It's just a matter of if Carson Wentz can stay on the field. That's the big thing. Yeah, that is key, but I think he will. I think this year might. I got I got a good feeling about the Eagles this year. Two of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't ask me why. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, and Carson Wentz. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, makes they can't a little stay more on sense, the field. Yeah, unfortunately, it's ridiculous. I do like Zach Ertz, um, but he's same situation as Travis Kelsey. Right now, he's going in the third round, third or fourth round, but early, like early third round. You know who else is in the early third round that you could get? Yep. Leonard Fournette. Right. Antonio Brown might still be there. Yeah. Like, there are guys in that spot. There's also, like, Stefan Diggs and yeah. some guys like that. You just don't want to <sighs> waste your time on... Adam Thaleen. Yeah. Mike Evans. And I don't even love those guys, but I would take those guys over Zach Ertz. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it is such a waste of time to draft a tight end early. It's, that's what's unfortunate is that there are the crazy people who take tight ends way too freaking early and suffocate the rest of us from the tight end position. It's unreal. Because I really do like Zach Ertz. I've liked Zach Ertz for a very long, like, the last three years or so. Yeah. <laughs> so... Last few, well, because he's an Eagles player, and you know you got your thing for Carson Wentz. So I do. As long as Carson Wentz has been in the league, it's true. <laughs> Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, go and get him. No, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I think. Um, but again, I do like Zach Ertz too, and this is coming from someone who's not yeah. an Eagles fan, an Eagles lover like yourself. But he again. I'm not an Eagles fan. He's too. It's too early for tight end. Still, we're still too early. Yeah, way too early. Um, he still is fantastic. Is he, is. he is he a guy that you want to post draft target on yeah. your team, or does the does the lack of consistency on you know on a home and road basis does that concern you at all? Not really, because if I'm targeting one of the top tight ends, I'm taking any one of them. Like if that makes sense to you, like let's say theoretically the best yeah. team in the league has Travis Kelsey, so right. you're not going to get Travis Kelsey. Let's say the second best team has George Kittle. You're not getting George Kittle. Right. Let's say a really crappy team that needs a really good receiver and a really good running back has Zach Ertz. Right. That doesn't, like, I'm still going after Zach Ertz. Yeah. The home and road doesn't bother me, though. Okay. Because um, I looked at some of his fantasy numbers. It's just, it's, it was a, it was like a completely different tight end. And that's what... I wonder what the percentage is of Nick Foles' road games versus Carson Wentz. I would that just would be, be interested. Fantastic stat. So on at, on the road, he had uh, the first couple games of the year when Carson Wentz was playing. He had 14, 16, 13, and 10 in his first four home game, uh, four road games. So those aren't bad numbers. After that, week 10 on, in the four road games they played, two, six, three, and three. And I'm pretty sure Foles is quarterback for at least half of those. Yeah, some somewhere around that. Um but even with Foles on the field, he was still a beast at home. I mean, his stat lines at home, 7-9 and nine to start the season, then 22, 18, 33, 18, 12, and then 29. I mean, it was 33. Freaking, yeah, it was freaking Ooh, insane. That's so, when a tight end's worth it. <laughs> yeah. 
if he could do that the whole season, that's when it would be good. But that's the only question for me. Is Zach Ertz going to be that? Because these two guys at the top. Do you like you know, Zach Ertz more than Travis Kelsey? I don't want to answer that question. No, no, not at all. You were tempted. I was tempted, though. You you caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> don't catch me off guard when it comes to Carson Wentz's boys. All right? I'm sorry. Um, no, so, but I, when you look at the top two tight ends, though, that finished last year, I would not be surprised if, like, if Kelsey finished second and Zach Ertz finished one, I would not be surprised. If Kelsey finished one and Zach Ertz finished two, I would not be surprised. Is there another tight end that is going to supersede these two men? No. And that's I'm I I I don't think no. we've seen in a long time two tight ends end in the same spot they did the previous year. But is as sure if you drafted one of these guys and you really love tight ends, you're getting a sure thing. I mean, there's you know, there's not much more of a sure thing that than is true. Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Um, but it's just. It's really, really hard for me to draft a tight the end. The ceiling, early. so you know you will get a good tight end if you draft one of those guys. Yeah. But the ceiling for them is not going to be that high. No, it's not. Considering what else you could get. Like, their ceiling is nowhere near right. the total fantasy point of a Leonard Fournette. No, it's not. Nowhere near it. I think it also depends where you're at as a team, mm-hmm. you know, drafting. Um, but at, at that point, for me, it's so early that you know. So let's say, I, know I know you don't have guys. Let's say fourth round, Zach Ertz is there. You have two running backs that you really like, and you drafted uh, your guy, Antonio Brown. Okay. And Zach Ertz is there in round four. Do you take him? Uh, it depends. Okay. If there's wide receivers there. like depends I, I already did board. this. I already did this. Stephen Diggs is a, is a fourth round pick right now. Stephen Diggs last year finishes the wide receiver 11, and I believe – he had over 220 fantasy points, something like that. No, that's not right. I'm looking this up. I miscalculated my math there. He's not a he's <laughs> not a fourth round pick. If he's a fourth rounder, yeah, I'm taking him. You are. Yeah, probably because I look at him as a third as a third wide receiver. Like I said, so he would be on my team as a third wide receiver. But I still don't want to take tight ends that early. Like that that hurts my soul. Because there's got like, You're just taking him because of the value, right? If I well, yeah, I'd take him just because of the value. But if you have two running backs, like if I didn't have if I got to the fourth round and Leonard Fournette's coming off the board in the fourth round and Zach Ertz is sitting there, I'm taking Leonard Fournette. And I need a running back, I'll take Leonard Fournette. But if you're talking about Zach Ertz in the fourth round and you have two running backs and you have one wide receiver already, it might be worth taking Zach Ertz that early because you can fill the wide receiver position later on in your draft, right? Correct. So I think that's where the, I, I was looking at it and I think the fourth or fifth round is where the value switched for the top tight ends. So I would draft Kelsey in the fourth round. I draft Ertz in the fourth round and I would probably draft Kittle in the fourth round if they fell there. But okay. if 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 you get outside of that, I'm not wasting a pick on a tight end. You know what I mean? If those guys don't fall to the fourth round, it's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, let's move on to George Kittle. Now we're finally getting to my guy. Yeah. 214 fantasy points. He finished with a consistency rank of two. Um, so he was more consistent than Zach Ertz. He put up a lot of great numbers. And the interesting thing about him is that he did it with three quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He didn't he didn't have one quarterback the whole year. He did it with three quarterbacks. Um I still haven't decided how decided how I feel about George Kittle. And I don't know why. I I just have this strange like Cuz he hasn't really done it other than this other year. than this year, yeah. But he also doesn't have that consistent quarterback. And the question is, I mean, the big thing is is that Jimmy Garoppolo came from a system where throwing to the tight end was they used it a lot. Very, very important. And so my one thing is that when you look at, um, what's his name, uh, Kyle Shanahan's system, right? In his systems, he doesn't really throw to the tight end all too much. Uh, Do you think they threw the George Kittle because of a lack of receiving options on the outside? Or do you think George Kittle was actually just getting open that often? I think it's a little bit of both, but... Did the 49ers really add many outside receivers? They did not. So I think it's going to be a little bit of both again. Do you think Jimmy G 
is an important factor in whether he performs well? Uh, I actually would say no, because he did a lot of that with Nick Mullins as his quarterback. However, I think if Jimmy G plays the whole season, I think that'll definitely help. Because here's my yeah. thing. I'm in love with the 49ers. Oh, you know, we're, we're both Jimmy Garoppolo guys. Love Jimmy G. So I think I think it's probably just the fan in me, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a big year this year. Does and he, I think that if, will translate for George Kittle. Okay. All right. That's what I was going to ask is, is it going to translate to George Kittle? Yeah. Um, I think so. I like Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin is okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just there's there every once in a while you get this just tight end that comes out of nowhere and then he vanishes. That is true. And it's like I I, I feel like George Kittle finishing three. He could end up he could end up being the second best tight end next year. Or maybe even the number one tight end next year. Or he can end up being the tight end forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is I think why I don't think George Kittle is going to be the tight end forty. Don't even if people think uh, <laughs> don't tell me to take a flying leap. You said I didn't draft George Kittle because you said he'd be tight end forty. <laughs> no, but I think I think that's probably the reason he's going as the third tight end yeah. instead of because a lot of people do actually like him more than like Zach Ertz. Yeah, not a lot, but a decent amount. But even those people have Kittle three because. Yeah, Ertz and Kelsey are more of a shirt thing than Kittle is. Right. I I mean, looking at where uh, Mr. Kittle is going, uh, he's going right now in 12-team. Right team, behind Ertz, right? 12-team leagues. Uh, he's going right behind Ertz, but uh, early fourth round. If you look at his overall, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's right around pick 401. Okay. So early fourth round. I think that's too early for me, but if George, if I'm in the fourth round and I, I've, I've got a solid foundation right there and I look at like the fifth round and I'm like, okay, I could probably fifth and sixth round. I could probably snag, you know, a wide receiver and a running back and get my flex and my second yeah. wide receiver that, and, and two decent guys. And you're kind of forward looking. You think and you can get like a marking room type. Yeah. It, you could, fifth round you could and probably then, uh... pick up George Kittle, but I, I don't know, because like I said, the fourth and fifth round are right around where the top three tight ends, it, like the top three tight ends and where the wide receiver position, it kind of flips. So if you still have Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle on the board in the fourth or fifth round, those are guys that you probably want to take over the wide receivers on the board at that moment because they scored more fantasy points than them last year, and they're better overall receivers than the guys sitting there. Yeah. Um, so you might have a better value. But if you're sitting there and you have one wide receiver, one running back, and or two wide receivers and one running back, then you're you're going to have to draft a running back that round. So to me, I, I don't see a scenario where you are like, okay, you definitely got to draft Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, or George Kittle in this spot. But it's just tough. It, you can't it, – you really can't – unfortunately, you can't draft the top three tight end. <laughs> You're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place. You're like, you want Kelsey, you want Ertz, you want Kittle, but if you draft them, you're 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 looking past some pretty good you, players. You if you draft them, you better like have being a, a league with yeah. crappy players and have a plan. Yeah, because if you're in a really competitive league and everybody knows what they're doing, and you take Travis Kelsey at 14th overall, that's probably going to come back to bite you. Now let me. Let me ask you a few questions. I'm just going to throw three or four receivers right around George Kittle. Okay. Um, and I'm going to ask you to uh, just quickly pick one. Yeah. Keenan Allen or George Kittle? Keenan Allen. Amari Cooper or George Kittle? Oh, that one is tough. I'll go Cooper. It's tough, though. Stephen Diggs or George Kittle? Diggs. Brandon Cooks or George Kittle? I'm actually going Kittle on that one. And you'd probably take every single one of your back except for Damian Williams around him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as far as George Kittle is concerned, like, I don't even see him, like, if you keep going, if you keep going down that, that list on the ADP, like, I mean, I, I think, I think you would definitely take him over Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I just, at that point, like I said, and those guys are still good players that could be wide receiver twos on your team, so... Like I said, f- fourth or fifth round is really a, a generically a good place to 
Chances are George Kittle will be gone by the Chances middle of the fourth are, round. Yeah, middle of the fourth like, round, George Kittle's latest. Gonna yep, big time. Like I think he's going in the third round in most most leagues. Uh, but the top three tight ends, extremely talented. George Kittle, I think with consistent quarterback play, could probably have a better season than he did this year. Yeah. It just depends on what the trends are for 2019. And if, you know, but if you, you are worried season. about Garoppolo's injury history and yeah. how will that affect Kittle, I still wouldn't be too concerned with that just because of what he was able to do last year with Nick Mullins. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Eric Ebron. We're probably only going to be able to get through five tight ends in this segment. Uh, I don't want to torture you all through the bottom five, uh, but we will quickly mention some of them. Okay. Uh, Eric Ebron finished with 189.2 fantasy points. That's really good. Consistency rank of five. So he busted 31.25% of the time. Um, I forgot to tell everyone a bust is this is, this is absolutely crazy. A bust for a tight end is under seven fantasy points. <laughs> That yeah. which is very low and that a, is and a tight end one finish. So this means you finished in the top ten of tight ends or the top twelve of tight ends is above nine points, nine points and above. Okay, uh, which is very low. Um, that's not considering not bad. Though. Considering other positions, right? Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so when you look at Eric Ebron, he had a decent season. Um, he had a couple of really big games, and then he had a couple of uh, really bad games. Um, he was pretty even home road split, but here's the thing. The reason why Eric Ebron was good and people, there is a big fat freaking buyer beware symbol right next to him on my draft board. And this is because Eric Ebron is not the number one. I'm sorry. I hate to hurt people's feelings. Uh I hate people to hurt people's Uh soul. Eric Ebron is not the number one tight end in Indianapolis. Nothing has changed. Everyone got sweaty when he caught three touchdown passes in one game on three targets. You know who had more targets in that game? Who? Uh, Jack Doyle. Uh, oh. Eric Ebron is not the number one tight end. Jack Doyle is. Now, I'm not saying Jack Doyle is going to end up as a top five tight end next year. But if you're telling me that Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle are going to go into the season, and if Jack Doyle plays the entire season completely injury-free, which is <laughs> we'll yeah, see, um, if he can play the entire season injury-free, he is going to steal targets away from Ebron. People are going to draft Ebron far too early because of his finish this year. They're going to take him, and they're going to go, oh, my God, why didn't I take Ebron in the sixth, fifth, and sixth round when I could have gotten this guy? I shouldn't have drafted Ebron. Don't waste your time on Eric Ebron. I'm sorry. Don't even target him. Don't even go near him. Put a six-mile radius around you and Eric <laughs> Ebron. <laughs> oh. I don't know how I can top that. There's really not I too much more to say. Even I so, can't stand Eric Ebron. What I will say is, even for someone like me who I don't hate Ebron like you do, yeah, I'm still staying away from him because a he's going too early, like you said. B, even if you think Ebron will get more targets than Jack Doyle, yeah, over the course of the season, if Jack Doyle is healthy, that still doesn't mean he won't take away targets from Ebron. He's not going to have a game where he gets three targets and three touchdowns again. No. That's not going to happen. Definitely not. Ebron is, I think, overrated. I do agree with you. Very overrated. I think people got, like I said, the game where, I think that was the game that kind of switched the narrative because I think everyone was on the boat of Jack Doyle is better, right? Jack Doyle is a better tight end. He's a better pass catcher. He's a better route runner. He's a better tight end overall than Jack than Eric Ebron, and he's the starter. He gets more targets. Like, this is what, that's going to, that whole ship is going to write itself and Eric Ebron is going to stop producing better than Jack Doyle. Well, Jack Doyle, A, couldn't stay on the field, and Jack Doyle, B, for some reason in that game, had 10 targets and, like, eight receptions and still had a really decent <laughs> game. But Eric Ebron ended up just catching all of his he touchdowns. He got touchdowns, yeah. So Ebron is just not as good as people think. He's a guy that's trending up. He's a guy that's getting drafted early, you and he's a guy that you the, should pass The on. comparison is, I think, it's Tyler Lockett. Yeah. However, the difference is Tyler Lockett is not getting drafted in the fifth round. Yeah. Tyler Lockett was a guy last year that would have. Yeah, he went off. Like, people look at the total fantasy points, and they're like, whoa, Tyler Lockett had a way underrated season. I yeah. actually like Tyler Lockett as a player, but fantasy-wise, yeah. you know, he would get three catches a week and get a touchdown. <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> like, he's not yeah. going to do that two straight yeah. seasons. Yeah, Ebron, I, I like the Colts offense as a whole because they throw it a crap ton. And uh, you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback. That's pretty good. I don't like Eric Ebron. 
I, I want to like Jack Doyle because I'm a Jack Doyle truther. I love Jack Doyle. <laughs> I don't even like Jack Doyle. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to Jared Cook. Uh, and then we'll quickly go over some guys uh, maybe that you should draft later. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jared Cook, he had 159. You, you see the drop-off, though. The two, 214 at three, and then 189, and now you're down at no, tight end five. Yeah. You got 159 fantasy points. That is a big it's difference. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, people are going to draft guys way too early. Now, Jared Cook, in, in recent news, has moved uh, camps yep. from the Oakland Raiders to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he almost retired. Uh, he was a consistency rank of seven, averaged 10 points a game, busted half of his games. He's better at home than on the road. I don't know where he's going on the... He's currently going in round... I think it's 10, right? The 10 last round. pick in the 10th round. Last pick in the 10th round. So Jared, Jared Cook, he's, he's, a good, he's a good tight end. He's a good blocker. He's a good pass catcher. He's a good, you know, generally a good He's tight runner. end number nine right yeah. now. So... Off the boards. I, he's not... I mean... How Drew Brees has utilized his tight ends. This is where this is the way I look at it, is that I'm glad he's going in the 10th round because if the Saints are on the road game one, somebody's going to drop him, and I'm going to snatch him right up. <laughs> I'm not drafting Jared Cook. But one of the interesting things, I love Jared Cook as a streaming option. Here's why. Drew Brees plays well at home. Drew Brees likes to throw it to tight ends, right? Yeah. Jared Cook's not that bad of a tight end. Finished number five in fantasy football. Yep. You know, in half last PPR season, yeah. last season. Not that bad. His home road split was 14 at home and six on the road. 14 per game. Yeah. So if you put Jared Cook, who's good at home, with Drew Brees, who's good at home, there's some uh, some magic that I see happening there's there. There's a good I chance like that. that, like you said, he stinks week one on the road and teams yeah. will cut him. Yep. He might he might be a legitimate streaming option. He might, yeah. That's the way I look at it is you have to I think likely though he probably will stay on the team. Like I don't think a team will cut him, but Oh, Dep- yeah. depends on the league you're in, depends I just don't like that he's getting him, drafted but... in the 10th round at all. <laughs> I was hoping yeah. that he'd be on the waiver wire. But I I think I think that's generally where he should be going. If you're drafting Jared Cook expecting him to be a number 1 tight end, then you probably are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Um, he's not going to finish in the top five again. But I think you'll have a couple of games at home where you'll you'll look at it and go, "Wow, this guy's pretty good." He's only got one season left in the in the tank, though. I think. Yeah, this is probably he, it. this is probably it for Jared Cook. Um, so uh, generally speaking, I'm I'm not going to be drafting Jared Cook. Um, but some of these guys here at the bottom to close out the show, we can't talk about them in detail, but. There's three guys that I want to that I want to talk about in particular: Austin Hooper, Trey Burton, and David Njoku. Okay, all of them finished. Austin Hooper at number six, Trey Burton at number seven, and David Njoku at number nine. All of them finished in the top ten. Um, which one of these guys, in particular, do you see taking the leap from being in the back end of the top ten mm. to the top end top ten, kicking a guy like Eric Ebron and Jared Cook out because those guys aren't going to finish in the top. I was actually going to say a different name. I was thinking Vance McDonald, but out of those three guys, Old McDonald, no. Out of those three guys, I will, I really want to say Njoku because I personally really like Njoku. Yeah, I just think there's a, just a little bit too many weapons on that team, so I'm going to say Trey Burton. I think Trubisky is improving every year. Yeah. I think the offense overall, I think, is improving every year. I think they're going to throw the ball more, too. With Jordan Howard gone, I know they added Mike Davis, but I think that the kind of offense they're leaning towards <clears throat> and what they showed last year fits more with Trey Burton and what they want to do. I remember going into last year, there was a yeah. lot of hype around him. He still produced seventh-ranked tight end. was a little underwhelming, but yeah. I Not think great. this year he has... I don't think he will necessarily, but he has the potential to finish in the top five of tight ends. So for me, especially he's going in the he's going after Jared Cook. He's going in the eleventh round right now. Yeah, I think that's good value. Who Trey Burton? Yep. Yeah, I like Trey Burton, and I like the I like Trey Burton, and I like Austin Hooper okay. as sleepers next year, guys that you can draft after the tenth round. Like like I said in our in our draft, yeah, oh, wow. Austin our, Hooper. That is. That's a good one because right now he was a sixth-ranked tight end, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, this is fine. just so fascinating to me. He's going in the final round of drafts. Yep. Not even. 
or undrafted. If you look at undrafted. In a 10-team league, he's going undrafted. In a 12-team league, he's in the last round. Wow. This is what's interesting to me about Austin Hooper. This is the guy I'm taking. I like Trey Burton, but I, I we saw him as, and we saw Austin Hooper as the number one guy, but we saw Trey Burton as the number one guy, and I don't know if they're going to change anything statistically. I mean, change anything, you know, production-wise. or, or No, or, I think their offense is a whole... What am I trying to say? Target share. Yeah. That's the one I'm looking for. I don't there think they're going to change his target share next year. So I don't see Trey Burton seeing a massive increase. Austin Hooper has done this little 380, 620 thing, whatever. He's gone from every, every single year in the league, he has increasingly gotten better. His first year... He, I think he was the starting tight end for Atlanta his first year in the league, I believe. I, I can't remember. But he had like 60 to 70 fantasy points. Didn't finish that high. He wasn't that great. I had him on my team like week one, and he went off. And I was like, <laughs> That was like in 2017. And then he blew. And then, uh, and then he sucked. And then the, the following season, now he has 127. So if he's following the trend of getting better and better each year, I think Austin Hooper could make that jump from 127 fantasy points this year to being in that Eric Ebron Jared Cook conversation where you finish one you know 190 which yeah. which 2 years ago last year and 2 years ago which was a you know tight end one finish so and I think you could see Austin Hooper in the 15th round 14th 15th 16th round be the George Kittle of this yeah, year I I think that's fair the only my only concern with uh, Austin Hooper is. I do like that he's young, like you said, and he is improving. Uh, he's only 24 years old. Yeah, like that is a big plus. My only concern though is just like the weapons on the Falcons, on that team. Yeah, is he going to get his share? Right. When Calvin Ridley's going to, I think, get an increase. Julio Jones is still there. Um, it's a new is still there. Like how it's concerning? How it's very concerning. what is? Now, however, if you think this is like the Falcons' year. And you're you're all about the Falcons. You're and buying you, in. Let's go. That would be my concern with Hooper. Is just like, yeah. How many targets is he gonna get in um, that offense? My problem with David and Joku is that I do believe that he's probably gonna be good. And and out of those three guys, he most likely will finish in the top four or five. Um, my problem with David and Joku, he might even finish as the number I one. I love if that offense. But my problem with Joku is that he's getting drafted far too early for me to take the risk on him. Um, he right now is going in the I believe it's the fifth, oh, seventh, fifth, right now, yeah, I sixth think. or seventh round. Yeah, sixth, yeah. And so when you talk about drafting a tight end, for me, that's too early to take a risk on Njoku when I'm looking at guys like Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I am super looking forward to drafting <laughs> Julian Edelman, but I love Cooper Cup in the sixth and seventh round. I'm not going to waste my pick on David Njoku when I have some good players that are going to yeah. give me much better value. Mark Ingram, than I think, right now is going in the sixth round. Like, right. That's. And I was hoping that Njoku would fall to like the tenth and be a tenth to fifteenth. My but problem with Njoku though is, I I get what you're saying. People is, follow trends too much. Yeah, I think like the hype around the Browns whole team though is a little bit getting yeah. out of hand. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> every single just Browns, a little bit. Every I'm single not, Browns player is like literally gone, yeah jump to the top. I of still the I, I mean I'm on the bandwagon too. I just. But he's like, I'm if, here. Even if the even if the Browns offense is everything yeah. that everybody expects next year. Yeah, that means Jarvis Landry's going off. That means Odell's going off. That means Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt's going off. So yeah. how good is Njoku going to really Njoku be? Going to yeah, and I what's like his target him, share, like especially as a player. But I just yeah, it's kind of the same problem with Austin Cooper, and that's kind of why I said Trey Burton because yeah, definitely there's not really like. Alan Robinson, like there's not really like the guy on the Bears or a few guys that we will do. We will do a bunch of sleeper shows. We'll we'll go over more in detail some of these guys. Um, I one of the guys I really like is OJ Howard. Um, he is a, he's one of those guys getting drafted in that area. Yeah, um, it is it that's one of those picks that's extremely dangerous because you're only gonna hit on certain a certain amount of tight ends. Yeah, um, but as far as I mean, there's so many tight ends that got. I believe it was 122 tight ends in total this year that had some form of fantasy points. Um, and wow. so when you talk about the tight end position and each team only carrying like three, that's a yeah. lot of tight ends. That is, yeah. That's a lot of tight ends. And like for me, you're only getting production from some of them. But like on any given week, there was one guy that I saw on this list. And we'll close the show with this. 
There's one guy I saw on this list. It was like a random week. He finished the number one tight end in fantasy. And I can't remember what his name is. Give me a second to pull him up. That's um, crazy that you can't even remember what no, his name I, was. I, it's, that kind of proves your point. McFly something. <laughs> it might have been week 17. I don't know. Um, Blake Jarwin finished number one in week 17, which is crazy. Wow. On any, There was a guy. Finished 10. 10 fantasy points week 16. His name is Michael Pruitt. He plays for he the like Tennessee, an Tennessee Titans. And then you have Ed Dixon from Seattle. Oh, yeah, the boy. Uh, the but uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys. Every single week you get a completely different tight end well, finishing here's, that's kind of... as the number one or number 10. And like like the Cleveland Browns, right? Week, week 13, right? Demetrius Harris. Levine Tolo right underneath him. He's a free agent. I don't even know what team he was on at the time. But it's like you got all these tight ends that just completely come out of nowhere for one week and then leave. The tight end position is such a it's such a scripted position. You know, you talk about game scripting. You talk about getting players the ball in specific situations. You talk about the main guy on the team like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, those guys being the number one player on the team and they're pulling guys away. So then it opens up opportunities for the second tight end. This happens way too often. And I think the tight end position is such a questionable. It's almost like I said this before, like I said this at the beginning of the show, making a tight end slash wide receiver position because it is such an unpredictable position. It makes it, it makes fantasy football harder and it makes you have to think a lot harder about these decisions because honestly, like, honest to God, if you have a tight end that works on your team and you already have good running backs and wide receivers, it is like an unfair cheat code advantage <laughs> for your fantasy team. Because yeah. if you already have freaking Todd Gurley or for your for your you know, for you and your team example, if you have Christian freaking McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley on your team and you have Michael Thomas and Julio Jones on your team, and then you add Travis Kelsey to that group. Like it, it is literally, it's like it's like putting a cheat code into Pro Skater Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I bet ninety percent of the people who listen to this podcast don't even know what that video game is, or they. It's do. an all time great. It's an all time great. Go look it up. But anyway, yeah. I, to me, it's like when you look at the tight end position, it is so. Like it is so like having a good tight end can really put your team over the top, but it's not necessary. It's not. It's not. Well, that's the thing. You can you can people can joke with you and be like, "Well, yeah, your team might be good, but you don't have a tight end." Okay, well, if I have two running backs that give me twenty five points a game, yeah, which would have to be really good. But let's just play along, and two wide receivers that get me fifteen to twenty points a game. Yeah, I don't need a tight end that gets me twelve. I don't. I'm sorry. This is something that I'm 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 trying. We gotta con- we gotta conclude the show, but this is something that I'm really trying to figure out this off season is how to stream tight ends a lot more effective, effectively. Because last year it was it was a struggle. I literally had no idea what to do. I got to the point where I just like stuck with David and Joku and Jack Doyle for <laughs> yeah, certain oh, yeah. reason. Like I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. That's why I tried my darndest to get Travis Kelsey, and I succeeded. And then I traded him away for Gronk, and that was the end of that. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, I just you have to sit down and really figure out if you're going to stream tight ends, you got to figure out how to how the heck you're going to stream tight ends. It's almost it is one of the hardest positions to stream because it's so unpredictable. Yeah, like for quarterbacks, you can look at kind of go by matchup. Yeah, matchup and 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 home road and all that stuff. You, you know they're going to throw the ball. You don't know if a tight end is going to catch it. Right. And the same thing for you know kickers and defenses. You can go based on matchup. For tight ends, you just can't. Yeah. It's like you, either guy's going to be good or he's going to be bad on that particular week. you got to figure out what the game script might be for that guy. Are they going to target him? Are the linebackers weak on the other team? And then you start going into way too much detail yeah. about a tight end that probably won't do anything for your team anyway. Max then, gets you like yeah. five fantasy points. Yeah, for seven fantasy Yeah, five fantasy points, seven fantasy points. It's just not even worth it. So that concludes the series, All That Glitters. Uh, bookmark this episode and save it for draft season in a few months. Uh, it's going to give you uh, an advantage, an edge in 2019 to kind of 
remind you of the top guys that finished and whether you should actually be drafting them or not. Uh, make sure you listen next week as we talk about the best rookie quarterbacks slash tight ends from 2018 as we move forward into preparation for the NFL draft, dun, 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 dun. where the first week of May we will recap the NFL draft, the Palooza, and oh boy, and tell you what guys you should be targeting and what guys you should not be targeting. I'm drafting Kyler Murray in round four. <laughs> Yeah, most of these guys you probably should stay away from in your redraft leagues. Probably. But for Dynasty, that'll be a big Dynasty show. Um, we are a redraft show, but hey, you yeah. got to throw a little Dynasty in there when you're talking about rookies. Um, and it's good to keep an eye on rookies uh, as a foresight because knowing a guy might go off in two years will prepare you for... 2020 fantasy seasons, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> Which is crazy, but uh, we will talk about rookies from uh, for, uh, rookie quarterbacks and tight ends from 2018, uh, and whether you should uh, move forward in drafting them in 2019 or uh, just avoid them and see it as a flash in the pan. <laughs> I don't think there was any rookies besides Trey Burton for tight ends. Uh, Trey Burton wasn't a rookie. Yeah, he was. And he played for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. That's not true. Yep. That is not true. Yeah, it is. Don't even say that. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, he was the, You're messing he was me the guy. He was I the guy that he was a rookie. No, he came that. from the Eagles. He was the guy that caught the the touchdown off the Nick Foles play that's, in the Super Bowl against. You know why you think he's rookies? Because he played this. <laughs> in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and when we lost. So you kind of took it out of your memory. I did I take it, it out of my mind. Uh, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you follow us and like us and all that good stuff. Uh, subscribe, leave a review. See you next week, Fantasy Champs. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. 